Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. I'm going to do things a little unorthodox here and and do a big idea from pop culture up front. Okay. Because I heard a podcast ad in the last couple days that stopped me cold. Um, and there I, I think there's only one other person here on the pod today that may possibly know about it. Um, Kevin, do you know... What is happening at JMU next week? Uh, I don't know, do I? Well, I guess we're about to find out because I think we should scrap our March travel plans and move everything up and all instead convene in Harrisonburg uh, so we can witness the... Uh, James Madison University Drama and Music Department co-production of oh. SpongeBob SquarePants the Musical. So that's yeah. funny. So we go to the uh, the theater performance every semester. They do a fantastic job here, and we were you know pretty annoyed that that is the one that uh, for this this semester. So we did oh not get tickets, God, which is why real, that's the only show. Yeah, we go every semester. That's they've fucked. done Rent. They've done Chicago. Yeah, it's been great. I'd indeed. rather see SpongeBob. I'm going to go ahead and say that right now. I'm so tired uh, maybe, in my maybe life. Maybe I can of... see. Maybe I can see if there's still tickets. But uh, incredible. I, I'm, just, I'm just so tired of people in my life being like, "You just don't understand how great Rent is or Chicago is. It's great and everything." I'm like, I've seen it. Uh, I'm like, let me go see SpongeBob. Go ahead, try try to do the pompous pompous bit with me. Go ahead with SpongeBob. <laughs> I bet I'd enjoy it way more. Not even worry about. I gotta have an opinion on this because people are gonna freak out at me. But yeah, um, the my actual big idea from pop culture for the week. Just now that I've started, I might as well finish. Uh, is the novel Trust by Hernan Diaz, uh, which I, I'm getting to it after it already became a Pulitzer Prize winning work of literature. Uh, but it's a, a really cool, uh, it's got a really cool structure where there's kind of four works within the work uh, that are kind of in contrast and, and contradict each other. Uh, it's a story of uh, a titan of finance around the Great Depression. So... Uh, really well done. He's Hernan Diaz is an awesome author. His his other novel in the distance was really good too. So uh, would would recommend that. But that's not why we're here today. Nope. Um, the the thing that brings us all together is that uh, we need to have a draft. And and this this particular uh, this particular draft. Is, uh, is coming to us courtesy of Super Bowl Sunday when one brave, sick soul of, uh, out of this crew uh, 
laid bare his perversions for the world to know. Uh, and Pierce told us that the reason he was enjoying the Super Bowl was the punts. Correct. Correct. I I am very consistent with this, and I will tell anybody about this, which is when I'm watching a football game, I find punts to be a, a, a good punt, good punt coverage, just the whole sequence of that play I find absolutely fascinating. I feel like there is nothing like it in any other sport. And you can go from, you know, someone, it's a three and out, and you're like, damn it, you know, this this really, I'm, the game is turning against me. I'm, I'm really not doing well. And then you kick a punt and you you down it on the one yard line. And that flips the script so fast. And it is something that's like, uh, it has the effect of the mood and the vibe of the game, but also from like what it takes to field and cover a punt that way. It's not like you're just like, first of all, it's hard to kick something into like the coffin corner to do that. It is, that is a difficult task. Anybody who's played Madden even knows that that is hard if you punt in Madden, which some people don't, but I, 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 I would on occasion. But the thing is, is you're not just doing that. Like somebody has to run and get it. And there are other people trying to stop you from doing that. On the flip side, if you are one of the, just courageous people who fields punts and then decides to run at the other people that in itself is amazing too and i think so i have the first pick in this draft of like our favorite plays and i think for me it is such an exciting play because it is a procedure that happens often many times a game and we don't think about it but there's so much involved in such a different skill set than the rest of the game um, that the few opportunities when it happens, even if it's in a blowout or whatever, I think there's still a lot of excitement and it is a skill set and a procedure, even just the snapping of the ball, being able to take it and get the punt off before someone smashes you uh, is amazing. Um, and, and both teams are, are doing amazing things. And uh, I know that the Patriots player, uh, who's the special teams wizard, um, I forget his name, Max, you might know, but he just retired. Uh, Matthew this, Slater. Matthew Slater re- re- uh, retired this week. I mean, he just an amazing special teams player. And that goes to show, like, this is a skill set that will lead you to 10 Pro Bowls. You just got to be looking for it. So favorite plays, number one with a bullet, first pick in the draft, first pick overall is punts love punts what what okay so does it drive you crazy does it drive you crazy when like the punt gets fumbled or if it like hits someone's foot like it did in the super bowl or what oh that was see that is amazing too because punts kind of have special rules in the way that they are fielded and everything else so there's like there's everybody has to be ultra aware and um, was it that, yeah, the San Francisco player who like dove on everybody's like, why is he trying to get it? It's like, no, because he saw that someone on his team, it hit their foot. And so he had to go and like throw himself on the grenade, basically. And it didn't work, but like. Well, it's because that... he didn't actually throw himself on it. He tried yeah, to pick the exactly. grenade up. He, he, tried, he tried and it exploded. Um, and But, you know, that is, it is a unique play with its own special rules. And I don't know. Football has so many weird rules, but the punt is such a oh, it's, I think it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's perfect. You you are the I feel confident that you you've made the only pick 
in this whole draft that is going to be the thing you do as a way to signal that you accept that you have failed at the core tenet of the game. Yeah, but it, that's that you say that, and uh, you know, Iowa had what eleven wins this year in football. Punting I, wins I, divisions. I, I, I don't. I, I'm not even going to respond to that. Yeah, I'm not even going to respond to that. Actually, no, I will respond to that. Uh, if you asked me to choose between Iowa's 11-win season and the season of any 6-6 uh, <laughs> six and six Division One team that did not get shut out multiple times, I will choose the 6-6 six and six season. Yeah. Uh, no matter the school, no matter the offense, it does not matter. If they scored touchdowns, I choose them and not the punters. Yeah, I don't, I don't actually disagree with you, but... Um... <laughs> But like, I think, I think if you take punting seriously, it is going to happen. Like, it is an eventuality that will take place, and you might as well be mm -hmm. good at it. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the Rams had an amazing punter a couple of years ago when they won the Super Bowl. They hardly punted, but when they yeah. did, it was like, ah, we're screwed. Um, wait, did that sixty yards of field position that just swapped? Yeah. Um, so, so the idea here is that we're each going to pick four plays for moments you know for sort of categories of thing uh and and kevin you are up next all right so my first pick is going to be the double play in baseball uh i think that it it's very versatile sometimes it's incredible um sometimes it's, it's routine but either way it's very mechanical. Just even like the boring ones you see, like as soon as the ball is hit, you see the second baseman knows exactly where to go. The shortstop is like, it's just, it's just very orchestrated. Um, a lot of fun to watch um, seeing them like barely beat out the guy at first and the umpire just like, you know, shove his fist forward for the out. Yeah. Um, and then if you ever played in middle league, um, the first time you execute a double play, like there's just no better feeling in life than that. So um yeah, the double the double play. I guess mostly the uh, you know the shortstop third baseman variety, but you know. uh, there there's there is something elegant about it, and it's been a long time since I've played baseball. But you know, it really does take a lot of practice to get it to that point where it feels mechanical and mundane. Uh, yeah, I remember when I like joined a a softball league in my it, at, at work uh, and hadn't played in a while like i played second baseman the first time i had i had to, was trying to turn it i i, I did that i caught it and did the turn i was like oh my gosh first base is so much farther away than i, like, I feel like i remember yeah <laughs> I, I love yeah. that yeah it's i mean it, it, it reminds me of punting it's, it's like the more mechanically done it is it's like oh that was way harder than you realize like the easier it looks the harder it is in a lot mm -hmm. of ways Okay, uh, Max, are you ready for your first pick? Yeah, so hopefully I understood the assignment because both of those are kind of tenants of those games that happen throughout the game and keep the games arguably interesting. Um, and I'm going to choose something that like kind of ruins a game, but in an interesting way. So I took the assignment as like, well, you know, what would, what would keep my interest in certain sports? And I'm going to pick the buzzer beater attempt in basketball 
Um, I watch a lot of, I feel like if I go on a basketball game and there's only a couple minutes left, I'm much more likely to watch the end. Uh, I personally get annoyed if it's just like a foul fest back and forth, but I really enjoy when someone puts up a buzzer beater and there's like the result of the game is literally hanging in the air. And I know, again, that kind of minimizes the rest of the game, but obviously they had to be pretty evenly matched to get to a point where that one ball in the air could make the difference between you know, winning or losing. And so I find that very exciting. Uh, I think North Korea does it right. In North Korean uh, basketball rules, a buzzer beater is worth eight points. <laughs> um, <laughs> just to make sure that <laughs> if you if you heave one up, it, it changes the game. Uh, actually, that's really dumb. But um, yeah, that's what I was going to go with. No, that's, the, that's yeah, great. It, it, gets, it gets quiet when it's in the air for like that split second. It's, it's great but it's just yeah. like again i don't basketball is far from my favorite sport but it's just like you can really get me in when there's two minutes left and they're duking it out back and forth hopefully not too many fouls and then it's like oh if this yeah. goes in they win if it goes if it misses they lose it's, it's yeah. exciting the yeah. horn sounds while it's in the air yeah it's the the peak i think the peak of that was the i guess it would have been 2010 um gordon hayward against duke buzzer beater in the national championship game because it felt like it was in the air forever. It's like, oh, this might go in and it might turn everything yeah. upside down. And it didn't, but like, it is such a fun counterfactual. Yeah, and the, yes. the announcer can be huge for it too, because there's also the one that Indiana, when everyone thought Indiana was making a comeback and they beat a loaded Kentucky team. Um, oh, that's yeah, the, that's yeah. the main one that sticks in my head. Yeah. Yeah. So my uh, so we're doing this like a snake draft. So I, I now have two picks. Uh, and the first one is, I think, kind of similar to that. Like, you know, the thing the thing that I love and the thing that I really like watching live sports for still are the moments of anticipation. And there's no greater moment, I, I think, than the moment in a football game where you've handed the ball off to the running back up the middle. And then all of a sudden he stops and he turns around and he tosses it back to the quarterback. I'm choosing the moment when you realize that a play is a flea flicker. I do not care <laughs> what the outcome <laughs> of it is. It does not matter if, you know, it is completed for a 70-yard touchdown. It doesn't matter if the ball drops harmlessly to the turf. It doesn't matter if the defense has sniffed it out the whole way and knocks several of the quarterback's teeth out. But that moment where you you feel you feel your ass move to the literal edge of the seat. Especially if you're on defense, your team's on defense. You're like, oh my God, it's going to be a touchdown. It's just, it is to me the most concentrated moment of perfection in all of sports. So yeah, it feels like it's great. No brain. In some ways it's like, in some ways it's the uh, Ron Howard arrested development voiceover he was running up the middle. He was not. Uh, it's like, we've changed. Yeah. Something strange is going to happen. Yes. I, I will say that I, I hate, I, the result I do hate is I hate when the quarterback checks it down for like four yards. I'm like, oh, come on. Like, at least you were go courageous for it. and then you were a coward. 
Yes, that that is one hundred percent a chicks dig the long ball moment. Uh, so if, yeah, checking down out of that is just not reading the room. Yeah. Um, hmm. Hmm. Round the horn. Now I got to decide what I want for my second pick because I, I have, I have another one that I really want to get, but I think. I think there's a possibility that Pierce might grab it at some point, mm. but if he does, we can still talk about it. Uh, I will, I will move to baseball and say, you know, going, going back to this idea of something that happens kind of, you know, on a mundane everyday basis. Um, I am enthralled by every slider that has ever been thrown because okay. they are all literal, marvels of physics uh and so that like that's my sort of truly this happens all the time and i derive an inordinate amount of pleasure from it relative to the average person moment some of them drop some of them have like a really big horizontal sweep some just you know have a disgusting combination of the two it's they're just all awesome, and when they freeze the batter, it's oh the best. my god! the uh, the really the really good one t- to me is the um, the one the the backdoor slider where you like drop it. You're throwing. I guess it would be to the opposite hand batter, a right handed pitcher throwing to a left handed batter, and you basically drop it on his back ankle. Holy shit! Those were amazing. Um, nice. Yeah. Uh, Max, it is back around to you for your second pick. Yeah, I'm going to attempt to take something, and you can tell me if this is against the rules. <laughs> but uh, I was thinking about, like, what, again, what scenarios or what plays get me to watch a sport, specifically a sport that I might not typically watch. Um, and again, this might be too big. I came up with... Uh, NHL hockey overtime. Um, Again, I don't know if that's just too much because it could last a long time, but the fact that it's sudden death is just enthralling. It's like, and the the puck moves so fast that they could play for 15 minutes and no one could score and you can't take your eyes off the game. It is just so exciting. Again, it kind of relates back to maybe I've got a pattern here with the buzzer beater, but it's like knowing that at any moment the game could be over, uh, I find extremely exciting and so if i ever catch a a hockey game going into overtime i will pretty much make an effort to watch it even if i have no inkling of a a care in the world of the standings of the teams or the teams Mm -hmm. playing or anything like that uh very exciting yeah yeah Yeah, that works for me yeah i mean to, to piggyback off of that my next pick will actually be um um the penalty kill in hockey Ooh. I don't care about the power play from an offensive end. I think a penalty, penalty kill is just fascinating where the, the team that is down just has to kind of say like, look, all that matters is we just got to get the puck to the other side of the rink. We got to stop a goal from happening. They do goofy things where they line up guys near the net in various ways. And then like when you're the team on, on offense there and you know, you got like, 20 seconds left on the power play and you see that puck get cleared just like a dagger into your heart like oh man um so 
I, don't know, I just I love the penalty kill. I think it's such a cool dimension to the game. I love it. A, re- a real heads no sort of moment. <laughs> Especially cool. the 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 two men down penalty kill for when yeah. you have that you have that forty second overlap. For the it's real like, oh my god! If we could just if we could just get through this forty seconds. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a it's a wonderful thing but it is a mad scramble um okay for my pick i had a hockey thing on the list but i'm gonna save it for later just because the the world is rich of plays um i'm gonna pick and unfortunately this is not in college basketball but in nba basketball they have the jump ball and the jump ball is so silly on so many (laughs) occasions again because there are special rules because everybody will go and they'll try to hug the ball. And it's like, okay, everybody's fouled one another. But the refs have decided, okay, there was like simultaneous possession. Both players are going for it. But the thing is, they go, no, only you two are touching the ball from the opposite team. One of you is like, I don't know, uh, uh, Zydernis Ogalskis. And the other is Rajon Rondo. And now I'm going to toss the ball. And your players have to stand around you in a circle and only you two and two can touch it until it leaves the circle. Um, and and yeah, again, you small person and you tall person, you have to go at it. It is it is a totally democratic thing. It's like you both made an effort to be on this stage, and now you're paying the consequences. And it ends up with so much elbowing and jockeying, and like sometimes there's this understandable disrespect of like we're all going to stand on this side because the short person is never going to get it and it's so funny and you're like this is crazy that it comes down to this but uh it can have a huge impact on games because you know in the fourth quarter players will will turn up a notch and they'll die for the ball differently and all of a sudden it's like yeah we got to jump ball but it's like okay but that does not necessarily, we haven't completed the task of getting the ball back. Now we have this other hill to climb and it's a weird procedural thing. And I think it's, it, it adds some nice spice. I mean, the possession area in college basketball, in a lot of ways it sucks. Um, and it can, it can take the teeth out of like a really tremendous play. Cause it's like, okay, you know, you got the jump ball, but it's going the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's only to your benefit if there is another one. So I love the democratic nature of the jump ball in NBA basketball. Yeah, I'm I'm into it. Uh, And then uh, your third pick. Oh, my third pick, uh, again, pretty mundane thing, happens all the time, but has special rules compared to the rest of the game. Um, In golf, the bunker shot. Um, So you cannot cannot ground your club when you are taking a shot out of a traditional bunker. Um, and the way you take a bunker shot when you're near the green, for the most part, is very different than the way you take a bunker shot if you are, say, approaching the green from the fairway. And, um, and, and why and, is it different? Uh, because, so the, the reason it's different is because usually when you're, when you're close to the green, you want the ball to land as softly as possible. And basically you hit the sand behind the ball and the sand is what throws the ball onto the green. That's Mm -hmm. why you see these huge explosions. Whereas if you're in the fairway, you can't, the club can't touch the ground and that's fine. You want as little resistance as possible. You want to get it out. You want to generate spin. You want to get uh, the trajectory you want. So it's totally different shots and you will watch 
golf and you'll be able to tell when someone does the opposite and it can be hilarious or it can be absolutely exhilarating when someone hits a hits a huge floppy bunker shot that just lands as softly as as like uh you know a pillow on the ground it's 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 amazing and again has it's a circumstance where there are weird rules because you are hitting the ball from a hazard um love a good bunker shot and a bad one for that matter uh- a majestic choice the only shot in golf where you are aiming to not hit the ball yeah (laughs) uh all right kevin you're back up all right so i guess i'll be going in a bit of a different direction um you know i'd say this is cheating but i don't really think we have exactly solid rules with this but i think that the most exciting thing that happens in football is um Particularly in college football, it is the um, the team entrance onto the field at the beginning. I think that um, like there's usually so many people involved, like the bands involved, the color guards involved, the cheerleaders are involved. There's like guys in army outfits involved. There's fireworks and like if you tailgate a bit and you did it right, you're at like your like kind of like the peak level of your of your uh, tipsiness. And if you tailgate it right, you don't see it because you come in somewhere midway through the first quarter. Well, but then you miss the most exciting part of the game. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, even on a good um, a good TV production, we'll we'll capture it well. Like, you know, there's back when Clemson was was big, they would make a big thing of their entrance onto the field. And I, I just think like it's. I, I don't know. Just if, if you have so, if you're rooting for the team, you just have like so much pride and everything that's going on. Just like these guys just running onto the field, and then you know mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if they win or lose. I love it. Yeah, the the college football team entrance is great. Um, except the the only exception is when it's one of those uh, when it's one of those teams where the coach finds a way to like get out in front of all the players and make it about himself. Ironically enough, uh, I'm talking about Clemson. That. Yes. That's that. That's also just such a workplace hazard. Like that's how you get (laughs) run over or stomped. Yeah. Um, Um, all right. Uh, Max, what is your third pick? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to stick with now that golf was now that the bunker shot was taken. I know I was going to, I didn't think it was going to go that early. That was the first thing on my list. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Um, Mistakes. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually, I'm going to go with football. There's, I I'm torn here because there's a bunch of things that I might find more exciting, but I'm inspired by the things that are a little more mundane and capture a little more of the, uh, the, like the whole kind of point of the game. So I'm going to take the, uh, two point conversion attempt, uh, in football. Uh, it's basically one play to get the ball in the end zone, which is the ultimate goal of the game. And so it's just a really, like, I'm always excited if a team does it. Sometimes I question why they do it, but it's like, oh, I'm going to watch this two-point conversion. It rarely makes the biggest difference, but sometimes it does. But it's just it's just exciting, and it's much more exciting than the alternative, which is, you know, kicking the extra point. So I always get excited. And um, Don't tell San yeah. Francisco that. <laughs> Uh, yeah yeah well <clears throat> while punts are awesome i think that field goals and extra points don't really make sense in football and 
uh, probably shouldn't really be in the game. <laughs> so yeah, I love two point conversions. Well, if not for those, like the oh, throwing fifty yard darts, uh, the this year's Super Bowl really would have been lame in the first half if not for the punts and the <laughs> long darts. Also, I think that there are like more two point conversions now, which is great, but mm-hmm. like. The, the downside is you have to mute your TV because like the announcers just spend 10 minutes talking about whether or not the two-point conversion was the right thing to do. And yeah. all they have the sheet that tells them when to do it. It's like, yeah, I know. You told me yeah. that last week when they went yeah. for two. Like, <laughs> you, don't, you don't need a two here. You just, you yeah. just need the one. Just take the one. Oh, yeah. God. We, we, the, this, is, this is the time of year where we may have to revisit, we, we may have to revisit that. Like, you see... <laughs> Huh. being like analytics when it's like one of is more points than the other it's like i don't know it's anyways uh sean <laughs> okay um all right all right what am i gonna do here what am i gonna do well you should well you have two picks i was gonna say take the thing that you were afraid i would take because then i'll be sad mm. and i also have backups so um that could be good well i i Okay, so my for my third pick, the the one that is currently staring at me from my my list, uh, is the direct free kick in soccer. Mm. Um, I particularly love the moment of anticipation when you've got the guys that are standing over it, sort of conferring about what they're gonna do, how you know who's gonna run up and fake like they're gonna shoot. Who's actually gonna, you know, handle the responsibility of, of sending the round missile toward the goal? Um, you know, a, a free kick that's like put on target. Goalkeeper has to dive and, and stretch to try to get it. It's just is awesome regardless of whether it goes in. Uh, and then you also have the the sort of elaborate jostling, you know, of the the non kick takers who are in the box maybe trying to get on the end of a, a pass and get a shot themselves um you know i i uh i was watching uh liverpool and luton town yesterday and <clears throat> liverpool's first goal came from a corner uh but there was like a perf you know essentially a perfectly executed pick play to hmm. get Virgil van Dyke like moving into open space at the perfect spot to like get his big meaty Dutch head on it. Um, and it's like that, that whole symphony of moving parts. I, I love it. It's so cool. Um, and then my last pick, I, I think, you know, to, to bookend it for me, you know the 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 perfect sort of mundane thing that I love more more than your average bear uh, comes from basketball, and regardless of the the level, it could be the NBA, it could be a high school game, um, a perfectly crisp backdoor cut. Mm. Oh, oh, it's the stuff of dreams. You've successfully baited a defender into coming out and playing you a little too aggressively around the three-point line. And all of a sudden, you are running free in the direction of the goal. 
and somebody just has to see you and slip a pass in at the right angle and it's over. So Yeah. Yeah. It's a great one. I think yeah. that was that was on my list, so I'll have to figure out how what I'm gonna do for my last one. Um, so did we decide they all have to be from different sports? No, no, no. you can do whatever you want. A bonus pick. Okay. Uh, yeah, I do have a special call out, but I'll go with my, my real answer. Um, which is going to go back to, to basketball again, not someone who really watches basketball. Um, I really enjoy a, a breakaway dunk attempt. Um, I feel like it gives players an opportunity to do, crazy things that like they arguably shouldn't be doing in games and are usually stupid and i love it i love it when they do stupid trick dunks like in a game i find it exciting it's thrilling they jump really high uh it's athletic so you could take dunks in general because no one said that but like the open open well that and the thing that's similar to some of these is the rules also change because they travel like 90 percent of the time but it never gets called (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it wouldn't it, be as exciting. It's a, it's a yeah. victim, it's a victimless <laughs> crime. It didn't help you do yeah. anything. Right. Um, yeah, I like that one. It's also fun when they miss it. I have to say, like when they miss it, I did it, say it's attempt like very yeah. carefully. Yeah, yes. I, I think I because that's, that's even funnier. Arguably, they try to do something stupid, like go through the legs and they mess up and like drop the ball, and it's like ah, oh, like still yeah. worth it. <laughs> Or like the the six foot point guard tries it and gets stuffed by the rim or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you do it so aggressively that you like hit it. You you're actually throwing it into the goal, but you hit that perfect spot bounces, on yeah. the back of the rim, so it bounces like twenty feet up into the air. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost better when it doesn't work. Maybe. <laughs> All right, Kevin. It's time for your final pick. Yeah, well, I promised you I wouldn't take the 24-second shot clock violation or the 30-second <laughs> shot clock violation, I guess. But no, I need some offense. I've been I've been talking too much defense. So mine's kind of similar to, to Sean's. Um, mine is when <clears throat> uh, a, uh, a shooter is coming off a, a screen to take a three-point shot and the defender cheats under... And kind of tries to intercept the pass, and the and the guy, the shooter, just kind of flares off into the corner, and then he gets just a wide open, wide open three from the corner. Um, it kind of involves a lot of things. Like generally, the shooter is probably on fire, and the defense is just trying to do whatever they can to stop this guy. Um, it he probably is trailing the defender because he got hit by some screen, and then he's like, I just need to get back into this play, and I'm going to cheat cheat past this other screen and, and then the offensive player reads it and you can see the defender turns around and just tries to scramble back and it's too late uh, i just love it yeah yeah that's those are great that's a that's a very tactical one i like that um i'm torn with my last one here uh there's one that's really stupid and one that is more involved um i'm gonna do the more stupid one because i think it is deserving of my feelings about this sport generally i'm picking the bulk the bulk the b-a-l-k from baseball um because so if you are if you are at bat if you if you are the team at bat there's there's nothing you can really do about this like there's nothing it's all just down to the pitcher 
screwing up. But the thing about baseball here is, and we talked earlier about a lot of these plays, like do they decide a game? Some of them do, like overtime can decide it or or two-point conversion. But like when there is a balk and it balks in the winning run because you advance because the, the pitcher just their order of operations was uh, they messed up in that. It's like, this is the most baseball rule and process. It's a lot like a false start in football, but the repercussions are way greater and everybody laughs. And it's like, that's really stupid. You were in a high pressure situation and you did the one thing you could not do. Um, and, you know, I'm not here to be like, what an idiot. It, it is a it is a pressure situation. But it's more that that is the punishment and it can have such an outsized effect for a thing that is, you know, with the pitch clock now, I don't know that you need that rule anymore because um, you, you have to throw the ball eventually. But it still does exist and it ends up with these really kooky outcomes. And so um, as a rule and a procedure, I'm glad it's in the game even though it's stupid. My my only quibble, I, and I, I I like the case you've made, what is a bulk? What constitutes yeah, like, it? Whenever the pitcher makes any movement and doesn't actually throw the pickoff, it's like, oh, it's a bulk! It's like, no, it's not. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is like my, my feelings about like, what is, a, what is a lane violation on a free throw? Depends who you ask. Um, most of the time, it's not called. It's also like uh, a specific in a rule. They just don't call it. They yeah, call that's it. just like it's very clear. Yeah, just like in in soccer, you know, hey, you can't be grappling with someone in the box on a corner kick. Okay, go ahead, apply that rule. Apply that rule. Everybody would get a card. There would be a foul on everybody. So it's kind of like there is a clear yeah. rule, but it's it's not often applied. So when it is, it's like. Wow, that's a really bad day for you. Um, Wait, probably I'm, I'm, John Lester. I'm talking myself out of this pick as we go because you realize you have drafted the baseball equivalent of like the ticky tack foul. Yeah, but I think that I think that in baseball because it's baseball, they're like, oh, this is this is a really important rule that we have. It's like, okay, well, when you have games decided by this because of a winning run coming off of someone really just changing their stance a little bit it, it's an it has an outsized impact and it's just i don't know it's very bold and courageous and holier than thou by baseball to continue to have it it just it, it feels like an accurate in an anachronism in a lot of ways <laughs> uh let's see yeah uh well they also they em- emphasized enforcement of the bulk rule last season uh, oh, af- after in 2022, they called 122 balks across the entire season, the mm-hmm. lowest total since 1973. Yeah. And and it's basically like you can't step forward without throwing a pitch, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. It's. It's 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 wild, and it definitely happens all the time. Yeah. But it's it's if it's a six three game and someone does it, it doesn't matter. But well, if uh, you ever if you've ever watched someone like do an intentional balk, it's like the most innocent little movement. It's like well, I don't understand what separates that from like what's always going on. But yeah, it's yeah. just whatever <laughs> the rule is. All right, so we we we've all got. I think we've all got good lists. So to, to recap real quick before we. We wrap up. Uh, Pierce, you went first. You have the football punt, uh, 
the non-tip-off jump ball in the NBA, uh, the bunker shot in golf, and the balk in baseball. Kevin, you took the double play, the penalty kill, the college football team entrance, and the flare screen in basketball when a defender is trying to jump the passing lanes. <clears throat> uh, Max, you went third and took the buzzer beater attempt in basketball. Uh, all of NHL overtime, the two-point conversion in football, and the fast break dunk attempt in basketball. Uh, and I went last and chose the moment when you realize that a football play is in fact a flea flicker, uh, every slider thrown in baseball, uh, the free kick in soccer, and the perfectly executed backdoor cut in basketball. I, I think we all did this pretty pretty darn well. Uh, and yeah. we are all... Uh, we are all sports perverts. Yeah, my, I mean, mine was properly dumb, and I'm glad I could set set that uh, <laughs> set that standard for you all. Sean, I think you might have gotten the Giannis of this draft with that first round pick. I I feel I feel very good about it. It was it was the first thing I wrote down. Um, okay. Anyone have any any special call out picks that they didn't uh, get to? I just the the one that I had that I almost took for my basketball one was that like that moment where you're like, oh, is the point guard going to get the ball across half court in time? There's no defender, but he's like uh, taking his time. He's like, ah, get across, yeah. go, go. Uh, Mine that was uh, too. I... Go ahead, Max. Uh, it was so dumb that I couldn't pick it, but I I had it on my list, and it's the most interesting on my list was. Uh, one-on-one -on -one in dodgeball. <laughs> it's just wildly entertaining. Um, don't watch dodgeball very much, but when it's one-on-one, -on -one, I mean, that's, that's sports. Um, the, oh, you, damn. Damn. I really, I left one out. Uh, I left out the, uh, the nine dart round. Oh, I, but by the stunned silence, I, I realizing <laughs> that I've got a video clip that I need to send around after we stop recording, uh, because I I am also of the opinion that uh, European darts championships are the most intoxicating televised sporting event I've ever seen. Um, Quite literally, because they're tanked <laughs> at those events. <laughs> Well, and so so the nine, uh, nine darts is I think is like it's the equivalent of throwing a perfect game, going out mm -hmm. five oh one, going out perfectly. Oh, okay, yes, uh, yeah. yes, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking. There about. was one. Yeah. There was one at a at like a world championship last year that like was kind of a you know a viral moment as we say now. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that that if I if I were going to trade out any of my picks, it would be for the nine. Um, but we're not trading out any of our picks. Instead, no. we are moving on already 43 minutes into recording uh, to Pierce's sorry. Um, so I I recently needed some scallions and I was on my way home 
and I had stopped somewhere to pick up uh, pick up my <coughs> CSA community supported agriculture mm-hmm. share, but I really needed to get some scallions. There was not a grocery store conveniently on the way home, but there was one of those small markets that sells fresh produce, also butcher shop, also like sandwich shop, all that stuff. You probably have one near where you live. It's kind of, it, it's sort of upscale and local independent type of thing. So I said, I'm going to go in there and get scallions. And they had scallions. Um, and I thought, well, this is this is a place, they definitely add a fee onto credit cards. And like, I feel weird just buying scallions here. So I should get something else. Um, so I, you know, wanted to get something that was shareable, like looking around, it ends up being kind of hard because like, well, I don't want to buy those crackers because those crackers are $8 or whatever. Um, and I don't want to get like a weird kombucha drink because I don't really want that. And, and also that's, that's very, like, I want something I can share. So I ended up getting, um, scallions in, in a bag of, of popcorn. It's, you know, some nice popcorn, but I'm like, oh, this is, this is fun. This is shareable. Great. The Super Bowl's coming. It was just before this will be great. I don't usually shop in these types of stores, and I feel this this discomfort because um, because I want to shop there, but then I have the outcome that I had this time, and I'm sorry to my household budget for the impact of the purchase of one bunch of scallions and a bag of you know localish popcorn. Do you all want to guess how much Absolutely. that cost me? Absolutely. Um... Yes. I would like how big was the bag of popcorn? Oh, like I don't know. Not not very large, like a small chip bag. Not like the small like the personal chip bags, but like the smaller a, a sort of size. standard like, See, like a Fritos bag. You know that Fritos bag hmm. size? Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. that eleven sixty. No chance. That cost you nineteen dollars. Uh, Max, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I'll say twelve fifty. So it was actually only nine seventy six, but scallions are always always under two dollars, which means that that was an eight dollar bag of popcorn, and there's not that much popcorn in there. Um, <laughs> it is pimento cheese flavored. I think it's great. I believe the brand is Poppies. But oh, like, oh! If you had if you had said the brand name, I would have nailed it like to the Price is Right level. Yeah, you know, maybe I, maybe I'm we out go of through touch. a lot of it. Yeah, maybe I'm out of touch and and don't know how much stuff costs. But like, this is what happens when you don't go to somewhere like Kroger. It's it's gonna cost you, and uh, it's it, a trade off. It's it's never not a little bit shocking how much that particular popcorn costs, and then it's kind of never not worth it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I I don't. the purchases i made were were they had utility they were enjoyable but i was unprepared for the price that's what it is i think that makes sense um all right we did the big idea from pop culture up top so if you were if you made it to this point and forgot about that i don't know just rewind it and listen to the rest of the podcast again uh but we'll uh we'll kick it to kevin for this week's trivia question all right, well, we can make this quick because you guys know this one pretty easily. Um, Hot damn. USA's smallest nationalist park is a 91-acre site on the Mississippi River, home to this 630-foot landmark. And so I guess the interesting thing would be whether you just kind of knew this going in or you were able to just kind of suss it out. 
I didn't know that it was the smallest park, but I knew what it was when you just described uh, where it was and then obviously the height. Yeah, a tall, tall landmark on the Mississippi River was was the giveaway, but I would not have I would not have known that before. I believe I would have gotten it with smallest national park or also newest national park. Oh, oh interesting. Cool. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so huge on, statue on, on three. Ulysses S. Grant. Should yeah. we do good audio oh. by counting and having us all say it at the same time? Or Kevin? You... Nah, Kevin. Why don't you just say what it is? Yeah. Just yeah so it is the St. Louis uh, Gateway Arch. Uh, there's the. A 91 acre park and that is that is a national park i guess if you have a america the beautiful pass you can go to it for free but um yeah i don't know if it's i think there's some theoretically some misdirection you usually think of nature landmarks but i guess around the mississippi you're not really getting things that are all that tall so yeah um yep so um i guess the uh max wagered 100 points so uh, that was a yes a, it was you know. created as a national park in 2018 Wow. Hmm. Yeah, Pierce wagered 60 and Sean wagered 25. So my process was not wrong. I don't know shit about national parks. But my process was if alas. I can't get a national park question, I'm fucked for the year. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is all the process you needed. Um all right. That is the end of the show. You can find us at our home on the web at www.prettyokpod.com or you can subscribe to the show feed on your podcast app of choice. We'll be back next week to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening.